Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. It is so good to be back inside. Amen. Thank you, Asher. We got a fan. All right. Yeah, this is, it's always so good to be back inside with our community. I, uh, it's, been, it's been quite a few weeks since we've been, uh, been able to worship in person together. If you weren't aware or perhaps you were aware and you were outside with us for the entire month of June, it's something we had done. And so we hadn't had normal services inside with our different age groups since the middle of May. But my name is Jordan. If this is your first time visiting, I'm our online pastor and one of our teaching pastors here at Crossbridge. And it feels good to be back. Um, let's just get the elephant out of the room. I'm preaching with a broken hand, <laughs> so I might do a lot of this today, but I figured it was better doing this than with my really dirty sling <laughs> splint on. So uh, that was just my mindset. So just deal with me, laugh every once in a while. It'll make me feel really good about myself as you're up here, <laughs> as I'm up here chuckling about it. Uh, but last week I was in Colorado officiating a wedding from a former crossbridger who then moved out there and, and we got to just just picture God's glory and his beauty uh, all the way out west. It was so cool to see the mountains and, and be just kind of the living proof of the Psalms that says, I look out to the mountains and, I, and, and where does my hope come from? And it comes from God. And so I'm excited to be back in continuing our series, our summer study through the book of Jonah. And this is something we do every year where we pick a book in the Bible to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and really just walk through what does it look like for us today. And even if you didn't grow up in the church or if you aren't a Christ follower, the book of Jonah or the prophet Jonah is one that many, if not all of us, are familiar with as this crazy guy who gets swallowed up by a fish. And let's just be honest, for some of us, it's really hard to believe that this happened. And for many of us, we also grew up saying, nope, it's in the Bible. The Bible says it. Therefore, I believe it, no matter how bizarre it might be. I actually had to take an entire course at Anderson University where at the end of the course, I had to take a stand on whether or not I believe Jonah was a real person. And so there's where my money well spent went. <laughs> but it got us wrestling with the tough questions that I think a lot of Christ followers are scared to ask. And here's, here's why I bring all of that up. Is friends, whether you fall on the this actually happened where this man was swallowed by a fish, not a whale, a big fish, or if this is just satire to point us to something deeper, at the end of the day, there's still something really important that I think we can learn from it and that we miss when we spend our time arguing whether or not this actually happened. And so that's what we're doing this summer. For the rest of the July, as we're walking through the book of Jonah, Jonah, a minor prophet, not because of quality of content, but because of quantity of content, that's really the only difference between the minor and the major prophets, is Jonah is one of the smallest books that we have, just two pages, four chapters. We're walking through one chapter each week. And I had a funny, actually it wasn't funny at all, introduction lined up, and then I watched the live stream from last week while we were gone. And why change something that's so perfectly done? Let's be honest, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> Actually, until about 27 minutes ago, I had the intro ready to go, and then I saw you could do this. Like, this is some cool science. 
I asked Michael how this worked. He said, I don't know, I was a ministry major. And I'm like, me too. Like there's no magnets there. All right, millennials and Gen Z, this is a felt board. I'm still not sure how this thing works, but it's the coolest thing ever. Flannelgram, okay. Let's just show our age. It's a flannelgram. All right. Brad used this for week one, and I thought there was no better way to start off this by, than by recapping what Brad talked about. And so this is supposed to be Jonah. Oh, come on, give him a shout. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember from last week if this was Nineveh. Okay, it looks a little bit too nice to be Nineveh based on the VeggieTales movie, but this is Nineveh. <laughs> Jonah receives the word from God to go to Nineveh and to preach about God's wrath and redemption. He says, God says go. Jonah says no. See the alliteration there? Or rhyme, I guess that's not alliteration. And he gets on a boat. That's where my rhyming stopped. I was trying really hard to say go, no, boat. And I couldn't think of a fourth thing. So then I decided to pull out Taylor Swift because see what happened was the people on the boat were like, oh no, why is there a big whale or a big storm? Who's the problem? And Jonah woke up, he said, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. And so they threw Jonah. All my millennials are like loving this Taylor Swift reference. And the boomers are back to like, that's a flanogram. <laughs> and so... Jonah gets tossed overboard. Again, are these, Brad, were these people from Nineveh? Yes. Way too happy, my guy. <laughs> Way too happy. Marissa and I were watching, and we're like, who are these smiley people? Because if you remember the Veggie Tales, they're the fish slappers. And so they then get tossed overboard. And again, this is a big fish, not a whale. Swallows up Jonah. And so we're going to just move this. Guy. That science is so cool. I'll tell you what. I don't know how this works. And then these are some little guppies. These are some baby fishies for the next Jonah or two. Okay? That was week number one. All right? And so chapter two is where we're going to pick up the story today. Where Jonah is inside of the fish for three days and three nights. And the significance of all of that we're actually going to talk about next week for chapter 3 and walk through Jesus and passage in Mark. It's going to be really cool. So that's kind of just a hashtag. <laughs> that's so sad. For those of you who know Jordan Sermons, I can't do my hashtags, Brad. <laughs> that's a hashtag ad for next week. So you'll have to come. But today we're going to walk through chapter 2 of Jonah. And this entire chapter is just a prayer that Jonah has between himself and God in the belly of the fish. And so if you want to turn with me to chapter 2, we're going to just read the, the 10 verses uh, one at a time. Then we're going to walk through some of the passages and then four things that we can learn from today. Here's what Jonah's prayer says. He says, from inside the, finish, Jonah, the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the depth the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. 
The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed. I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Let's pray. Hey, God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, for the life of Jonah that we may look and study and learn and understand, God, just how we may be in a similar situation where you've called us to go, we've said no, and we've ran away. Where sometimes our fear calls us in a different direction, or perhaps our understanding that because you are a merciful God, that your forgiveness goes deeper than we could ever understand. And if we're being honest with ourselves, sometimes that scares us too. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes so that we may understand the depth of your word. In your name we pray, amen. Jonah is such an interesting character in the Bible because unlike most prophets, actually the rest of the prophets, where we learn from God's word based on their words, Jonah is the prophet that we learn based on his actions. And that's what makes this book so significant for our understanding. Brad walked us through last week and was talking to us just the importance of understanding that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, and we'll learn this in chapter 4, because he knew that God was a gracious, merciful, loving God, and that he would forgive Nineveh, capital of Assyria, Assyria for all of their wrongdoings. And so that's why Jonah goes the other direction. And here's the reality. We have the four chapters. We know how the story ends, which is why it's so easy for us to read this and recognize what God does. But Jonah living in real time in this situation is fleeing, trying to avoid God's grace for other people. And that's why Brad made the point last week that so many of us live like Jonah where we avoid certain people groups, certain lifestyles, certain political parties whom we disagree with, either A, because we believe they're living in so much sin that they couldn't be worth our time, B, they're living in so much sin and we don't want to be associated with that, or C, because we know how good God's grace is and we don't believe they're deserving of that. And so Jonah is kind of just a poster boy for all of us. Were we able to see his actions just out front ahead of time? But there's damage that is done. So he runs from God, but God gets his way. And so the people of the boat end up tossing Jonah overboard. Jonah is swallowed by a fish, and then in this fish, he prays this really interesting prayer. Now, if you have a teenager... Over in youth group right now, uh, our, our youth pastor is, is walking them through a sermon titled today, Find Your Fish. And so I want you to ask your teenager um, in Jonah 2 what that means, because it's really fascinating. But we find him in the belly of this fish, praying, okay? And he's saying this prayer up to God. Here's what's so spectacular about this prayer. 
is not a single time does Jonah repent of his actions. And as you actually read through the lines, and again, we know the, the entirety of the story. We know Jonah's heart uh, remains hard all the way through chapter four. In fact, next week in chapter three, we're gonna walk through five Hebrew words that Jonah preaches. He finally begrudgingly goes to Nineveh and all he's got for them is five words. Repent because the wrath of God is near. Like it is, it is about as simple of a sermon as you can give. He's, he's finally vomited out and then he does the bare minimum. Don't read through this story and think, Jonah's all of a sudden this great guy who is praying. Even as you get down to verse nine, I believe, in chapter two, and you've got this passage, verse eight, those who cling to worthless idols Turn away from God's love for them. Even in his prayer, we think, oh man, that's Jonah talking about his own idols. No, because then you go to verse nine, but I, <laughs> with shouts of God, there's still this pride among them. Verse eight is talking about Nineveh. He still has this mindset that it's not, it's not me who's clinging to worthless idols. This entire prayer is self-centered and self-focused. And yet, again, the entire story of Jonah is all about God's mercy toward those who don't deserve it, Jonah included. And that's why this prayer is so fascinating. Now, here's something that is important to recognize about Jonah's stance, is while he is in the darkness, he does turn to God through prayer. If we're adding points to the board, I've, I've bashed Jonah quite a bit. Okay, Jonah, you get a point, right? It's four to one right now. He, he does turn to God in prayer. Which leads us to what I think are four things that we can walk away from, from Jonah chapter two today that I just wanna kind of end the sermon with on these, these four things. Because there is some significance, but again, the heart of this book is more so to direct our focus and our attention to God's mercy rather than what Jonah ultimately ends up doing. Because just like Brad discussed last week, we are Jonah in so many ways. Actually, the majority of us are Jonah, the prophet that does the opposite of what God wants them to do. A lot of us think that we're Elijah and that we think we're Micah or we think that we are Rahab or Ruth and we're these different, these, these words of God, but the majority of us are like 99.9% .9 of the rest of the population that ends up running from God. And so here's four things that I think we can learn from in Jonah chapter two that I think are so important for us in this prayer. The first one is this, Jonah leaned on the voice of truth while in darkness. Now, here's why this is so significant. You see, this prayer that we have recorded in Jonah chapter two pulls from all the other scriptures. If you are well-versed in the Bible, then perhaps you recognize some of these passages. Okay, in fact, Jonah chapter, Jonah, Jonah is actually praying different psalms right now. There's four different psalms from four different chapters that he's actually pulling from from the Old Testament. Why? Because Jonah, as a prophet, knew that if he wanted to get close to God, he had to uh, lean in and prayer with God by quoting scripture and praying scripture. And so he relied on the voice of truth of other Psalms. Verse one, if you go back to chapter two, verse one, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. One of the most famous and popular Psalms that we have. In my distress, I call to the Lord and he answered me. He's going back and he's leaning on the voice of truth and darkness. 
that is arguably one of the most important things we can remember, whether we're going through a difficult health diagnosis, whether we're going through a broken relationship, an abusive relationship, whether we are struggling with a financial decision, whether we are feeling just lonely and all get out, whatever the case may be, what does Jonah do? He goes back to the voice of truth. In his darkness, he pulls back from the Psalms. He pulls back from the scriptures. In my distress, I called on you and you answered me. Second thing we can learn from Jonah too, and this is one that I don't think a lot of us like to admit, our actions, friends, carry consequences. Yes, God is merciful and just to forgive, but he's also just. And Jonah fleeing from God, there were consequences. Perhaps Jonah was fish toast intolerant. Nate, thanks, brother. I was practicing that all week in the mountains, and then I'm, man, I knew I'd get, I'd get one laugh, okay? Whether it's a courtesy laugh or not, I'm taking it in, I'm putting it in the bank. Okay, Jonah in one of his darkest moments, but there's still consequences for his actions. And as we'll learn all throughout the rest of the book of Jonah, consequences continue to fall, but so does God's mercy. And so that's why it's so significant for us to understand that our decisions also have and hold consequences. And for those of us who are parents, we recognize that, or even friends that we have to put up boundaries for, that yeah, sometimes we do things that hurt others or hurt ourselves, and then God sets us up with consequences. That's kind of the weight of sin. That's why sin can be so poisonous because sin in and of itself is destructive, but then sin also can lead toward harmful things and consequences to hold us accountable. And so Jonah experiences this firsthand. And yes, it's a crazy consequence. And we're gonna, underst we're gonna understand the significance of the craziness next week when I walk through kind of what this story is foretelling, foreshadowing through the life of Jesus. But understand now that, yes, Jonah's punishment is just. However, God's mercy and grace still are significant enough to give him another chance. And so we see in verse 10 that Jonah is then vomited the fish. Honestly, as a germaphobe, I'd be like, just take me now, God. <laughs> like vomit and the belly of a fish. Count me out. Okay, verse 10, though, he commanded the fish and vomited Jonah on dry land. All right, number three. Idols shift our focus from God to self. And even though we walk through kind of the irony of verse eight into verse nine, where Jonah is saying this prayer, he's like, idols, what is it exactly? He says, those who cling to worthless idols, turn away from God's love for them. And even though Jonah... Ironically, while he's the one that's being punished, he's still got his mindset on Nineveh. And he's like, but I, God, I am here giving you praise. But still, verse 8 is so significant for us to then turn the question on ourselves. Because, yes, Nineveh was still at fault. Don't miss that point of the story either. Nineveh was still doing incredibly evil things. And that's why Jonah was on his way there in the first place. So it begs us to ask the question, what is our 
idol. And it's something we've talked a lot about the last couple of months. If you've tuned into our podcast, Generationally Speaking, on Thursday nights, Brad and I had an incredible conversation on idolatry. We've done a series about it where we've looked at our heart and the things that we're chasing after. Idols are anything that pull our attention and focus away from God. It's kind of the simplest way to think about it. And it's not one size fits all. But in today, 2023, in the Western culture, we are consumed by idols. Whether it's sex, whether it's food, whether it's money, whether it's how we look, whether it's our identity, whether it's social media, whether it's placing our value in our work and our family, whether we're living through our kids whether our joy comes from things of this world rather than through the Holy Spirit. And here's the reality, friends, is that idols are like an every single minute battle. It's not like you wake up, you've got this one thing that you're kind of fighting. It's literally everything that pulls your attention away from God, which is what sin does. Which is why Paul writes that we should be daily waging war against our flesh. Daily fighting. And guess what? You're going to lose a lot of battles. You're going to wake up and you're going to sin and you're going to mess up and you're going to fail and you're going to fall. And that's why the story of Jonah is for us. Because we see Nineveh do the exact same thing. And God's mercy is good. And his grace surrounds us. But idols are daily trying to fight after our attention. And as a Christ follower, if we are not in tune with what our idols are, we're going to fall. And we're going to be consumed. What steals your time? What steals your heart? What steals your money? What steals your love? What steals your service? Perhaps that's an idol. And it will continue to shift your focus until you bounce your eyes back to God. Last one, God's mercy surpasses our pride. And I wasn't even sure if this was the correct wording. I juggled with a a bunch of different wordings, but Jonah is really just a book about a prideful man who doesn't win. Like that's really what this book is about, about a prideful man who doesn't win. Because God's mercy is just so strong and powerful. And God got God's way. And we're going to learn more for those who aren't familiar with the story. Jonah ends up going, declaring a very short sermon to the people of Nineveh. They end up repenting, earning God's forgiveness. And Jonah pouts in chapter 4. That's the rest of the book, spoiler alert. Why? Because God's mercy surpasses our pride. It's that simple. God sent his son Jesus because humanity couldn't do what Jesus could. That's why we have the son of God. We have the entire Old Testament to try to turn away from our pride. And God says, you couldn't do it. And so Jesus went in our place. Why? Because God's mercy surpasses our pride. We are prideful human beings. Arguably, one of the most unaddressed sins is pride. 
Because even then those who are leaning on the scriptures in their truth or in their confidence say, well, it's God's word. I'm not prideful, it's God's word. And I heard this quote this last week that I thought was so powerful. And it's changed the way I think about truth. Truth shouldn't hurt. We've said all the time, well, truth hurts. No, truth should heal. If truth is done in a gentle, godly way, it should lead to healing, not hurt, not abuse, not harm, not destruction. It should lead to healed relationships, reconciliation, redemption. That's why Jesus was sent. If Jesus just went around hurting all of these different people, he probably would have been called a Pharisee and not the child of God. That's why Jonah is about each and every single one of us. Because too often our pride stands in the way of God's power and peace and purpose. So just to recap those four things, and then we'll close in prayer. Number one, Jonah leaned on the voice of truth while in darkness. Regardless of where you find yourself today, whatever stage of life, maybe it's transition, transformation, Maybe it's struggling, maybe it's stress, anxiety, maybe it's a job change, maybe it's loneliness, maybe it's financial insecurities, a health diagnosis. Go back to the scriptures. Praying through Psalms is one of the most powerful things we can do, reciting the Psalms. Because a lot of the Psalms were written in moments of darkness by David and other authors. And so to be able to relate it's so powerful. Number two, our actions carry consequences. If you touch the stove, it's going to burn. Too many of us are touching the stove and then blaming God, and it leads to years and years of being upset with this God being who set the standard. What's the, what's the standard? Surrender and serve. It's that simple. Surrender your life to God and then spend your life serving God. It's the free gift. But our actions still have consequences, and Jonah learns that the hard way, and so don't make us throw you in the pond with the fish. Number three, idols shift our focus from God to self. Time and time again. And it can be simple things. When we think of idolatry, we think of these big destructive things. It can be simple things. And when we think of idols, we also think of all the big, nice, fancy stuff. It's not wrong to have big, nice, fancy things. It's not. Again, I've said all the time, on-brand Doritos are the only play. <laughs> Off-brand Pop-Tarts, also known as Poop Toots, not the play. <laughs> I used to grow up on Aldi food. I know all of the different aisles you can go down and shouldn't go down, not the play. It's okay to have nice things. But are those nice things shifting your focus from God to self? That's when it becomes an issue. And is it stealing from your ability to bless others? Number four, God's mercy surpasses our pride. Don't become a creature of habit with pride. Don't be the person that says, I'm not prideful. I'm the most selfless human being ever. All of us are consumed by pride. How do we know that? Because that's why God didn't send you to die on the cross. 
Where is the Jonah in our life? Perhaps it comes through the mirror that we're looking at. Will you pray with me? Hey, God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, God, for Jonah's prayer that while there's some good in there that we can learn and pull from and understanding that in darkness, Jonah's still pulled from the scriptures. We also recognize, God, that this is really just your word pointing us back to how we ourselves are Jonah and how we so often run away from you, live in pride, live in idolatry, ignore your commands, and are consumed by hate, covered in truth. And so God, we pray for forgiveness. We sacrifice to you. And we ask, Lord, that you would redeem us, show us mercy so that we may continue to be the hands and feet. In your name I pray, amen.